Sunday. Thank you, Di. How are you doing? That was to all of you, not to her. Good to see you all. Good to be in church together. Vision Focus Sunday. And this is always a special Sunday for us as a church. And I'm so glad that you came. And of course, we're welcoming everyone, as Di did already, all those that are watching online. Uh, So good that you can join us and also any of those that are going to be watching this service later. I want to share a couple of things before I, uh, before I speak this morning. Many of you would know Mark Hipman, uh, of course, uh, Jeff and Lacey Hipman. Uh, Mason were a part of our church and on our pastoral team, and Mark uh, went to be with the Lord this week, uh, unexpectedly. Um, and uh, uh, we just want to pray for them and I told them I spoke to Mark, and Di has spoken to, uh, spoke to Jeff. Thank you. I've always trouble trouble with names, but I spoke to Jeff. Mark is with Jesus. He's talking to Jesus right now. He's rejoicing with him. But I spoke to Jeff, and Di spoke to Jane, uh, and also to Lacey. And of course, our team have been in touch. Many of us have been in touch with them. Uh, but they were much-loved members of our church. I want to pray for their family. Um, And at the end of this service, we're going to pray for you. And if you're watching online, I want to encourage you to get some oil from your cupboard and to prepare a little bit of oil because we're going to have a moment in this service where I'm going to pray for you. And we have some cups up the front here with a little drop of oil that you can come and get. And then you're going to, be, you're going to anoint yourself with oil. This is going to be the most anointed prayer of anointing with oil that you've ever received. Because it's going to be your faith that's going to be the key to what happens. And so we thought, given the current climate, that would be a wise way to do what we're doing. So we're going to pray for you as well. But let's pray. Let's take a moment to pray. And I also want to pray... Um, for us, that we would receive the word today uh, and, and that it would take root in our hearts. Father God, we thank you today for your love and grace. We thank you for Mark's life, and we thank you for all of us that knew him. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that we can have a sense of eternity in our hearts. He's with you, Lord. But we pray, Lord, for Jane, and we pray for that, that, uh, that hole in her life and in her heart now as she processes the loss of her husband, for Lacey, for the loss of her dad, and of course, Jeff and little Jamison. And we pray, Lord, that you would cause your grace and your love to surround about them. We thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, we want to be there for them, to help them journey through this valley as they come through uh, to the other side. Thank you that we can live with a sense of hope in our hearts, knowing that one day we will all be reunited with you in eternity. No tears, no sorrow, no pain, no heartache. And today, Lord, we think about our own lives. We think about what lies before us. We think about the fact that you called us. You saw us before the beginning of time. You, you have a divine purpose and destiny for each one of us. Lord, that we're here on this planet at this time in the will of God, not by accident, not by chance, but Lord, you saw this moment 
you saw this day. And in the midst of all that's going on around about us, Lord, we want to stand sure and strong on the sure foundation of Christ and your word. And I pray that faith would rise in each one of our hearts today for our own lives, for our church, for all that you have called us to be as a light in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Would you give Jesus a big hand of praise? And all you that are watching online as well. I'm, yeah, I can hear you there. All right, you may be seated. Every year, we have a Vision Focus Sunday. This is an interesting, it's, it's a great day because uh, it's a day when we, we cast vision. And of course, our vision as a church can't change every single year, otherwise we would kind of have, end up with personality disorder as a church. Our vision, our mission, our vision, and our, uh, our um, purpose doesn't change from year to year. But every year, I've, we, we have always had a special focus that we can carry with us through the year. We've encouraged recently each and every person to find a word for your year. I wonder if you've done that. You've had a word that you've said, this is a word that is going to be a word of faith for 2022. But we as a church have always done that. And I've been praying over the last 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many people are glad that the fast is over? Uh, oh, okay. Some of you still didn't, didn't uh, thank you for your response there. I, I enjoyed it. I, I went to the fridge and had some seized chocolates yesterday. Um, so this is what Habakkuk 2 and verse 2 says. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Vision energizes us. And I want to encourage you to really stir up your faith and your vision for your life and for our church. Like I said, every year we have a, a vision focus. And in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3, uh, I want to add this scripture to the, the, the uh, this is actually the next verse the, about writing the vision. Uh, how many of you know that vision doesn't always happen when you want it to happen? Anyone been praying for something and it doesn't seem to have happened yet? But Habakkuk goes on to say, for the vision is yet for the appointed future time. It hurries toward the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. I want to encourage you in that. If you have a vision, if it's tarrying, it will not fail. If you keep it within your heart, even though it delays, even though it delays, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not fail delay. I love that. What a great, great word. We need to have that vision. And as a church, I, I want to remind you, and I, I think you, uh, many people here would be familiar with our mission. Our mission is to connect people to Christ, to life-giving relationships, to their God and to their God-given purpose. That hasn't changed. That is the same. Our, our Vision is to be a hub of hope 
and faith to our community and beyond. And our position is that we are here for you. So those, those aspects of our vision are not going to change from year to year. But every year, as I've said, we have our focus. How many of you can remember what our focus, our word for last year was? It was presence. Presence in the midst of an environment where it was very difficult to be present. Uh, we're already into 2022. Anyone remember March 2020? Uh, and, 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 and hey... We're still, we're still pushing through. We're still pushing through. And there's light at the end of the tunnel. But the reality is these have been interesting times. And last year our word was presence. To believe God that uh, we, our presence makes a difference. How many of you know your presence makes a difference? Our church's presence makes a difference. God's presence makes all the difference. I was praying this morning uh, for this service. God, when people walk through that door, may they sense the presence of God. So this year, what is our word? Well, uh, the other, uh, as we've been going through our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I've been asking God, what is the word for this year? What's the word for this year? How many of you know that God speaks to you at the strangest times? Well... I was watching, I was feeding our dogs. We have two dogs, Winston and Coda. They're both English cream uh, golden retrievers. Winston is now 95 pounds. Coda, sorry, I always get their names mixed up. Coda is 95 pounds. Winston is 75 pounds. And I was feeding them, giving them their breakfast, and I was watching them eat, and I felt like the Holy Spirit dropped this word in my spirit had nothing to do with Winston or Coda. But as I was watching them, and as I was meditating on them as they were eating, I got this word drop into my spirit, engage. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, that is the word for our church for 2022. Engage. And as I began to think about it, and as I began to meditate on it, I began to think about what an important and pertinent word it is for each one of us at any season or time of life, but particularly in this season where so much has disrupted our lives, where there's been so much opportunity for disappointment, for, um, for uh, uh, a, a, a sense of... Um, uh, so much opportunity for distraction uh, that God was putting into my heart a spirit about engage. And I determined in my heart then and there because I thought the church begins with you. No, it begins with me. The church begins with me. Engage. What was that going to look like for me to engage? Well, first of all, I thought to myself, number one, God, I am going to engage with you in 2022 like I have never done before. It's one thing for me to know God's word. It's another thing for me to know him. I don't just want to know his word. Someone said this morning, Jacob in the team rally said, ask me for the scripture, Habakkuk 2.2. He said, he's a walking Bible. 
I don't just want to be a walking Bible. I want to be someone who knows not only God, the, God's Word, but knows Jesus, the Word, personally. So I made a decision. This year, I'm going to engage with God in a way that I have never done before. The second thing is engage with our church. And I thought about our engagement as a church and the importance of every person's engagement in the church to make the church what it is. Of course, uh, you're here today. You're engaged. Those that are watching online, we're thankful for you. We're aware that you're with us and, and that you're engaged by watching online. But secondly, our engagement as a church. And then thirdly, our engagement with our world. Jesus invites us to engage with our world, with our community at large. Di spoke earlier about the potential and the opportunity that we have to engage with our community in a meaningful and significant way as a church, as a faith partner in a, in, in a government program. And so I began to think about all of those things, and I thought about the word engage, and I thought, this is not just a word for me, it's a word for our church. It's not just a word for our church, it's a word for the church at large. It's not just a word for the church at large, I feel it's a word for our world, our nation, and our world right now. At a time when so many people, there has been a, you know, the COVID is not the only pandemic that we're facing. Thank you for that underwhelming response. We are facing a pandemic of disengagement and disconnection. Uh, I was, you know, people are talking now about, what, what is it, the great retirement. Uh, the great, sorry? The, the, yeah, the great reset. And the number of people that are retiring and so on and so forth. The, the reality is that we're living in a world where dis, the, the pressure to disengage. And the word engage, here's the interesting thing. The word engage in the dictionary means this. I think it's going up on the screens here. Dictionary definition is to participate or become involved in. Think about that. To engage. I am going to, this year, I am going to participate. I'm going to become involved in, in a way that I never have been before. It means to occupy, attract, or involve someone's interest or attention. So I am going to work at engaging the people in my world in multiple ways and at multiple levels because it's so easy in life to just kind of drift through life. It's so easy to drift through a crowd of people without engaging. It's so easy to sit in a service like this on our iPhones and get messages or look at Instagram or get notifications I know you all know what I'm talking about. It's so easy to be distracted. Here we go again. I have a voicemail from 25 minutes ago. I have a notification from Fox News. I won't re read that. Uh, I've got a reminder to check something. Anyone have that? So why don't we, here's a thought, why don't we in 2022 put our phones into uh, airplane mode? Wow, there's a thought. Put it into airplane mode. 
during the service so that we can give our 100% focus and attention to God. Now, I know that some of our team uh, are on, we need, sometimes we communicate in the service and thank God for text that we can communicate to someone uh, by text during the service. But the reality is it's so easy to become distracted. How often do you sit at the dinner table and you're all looking at your phones? Or do you have a rule, phones down during dinner? How often do you go to a restaurant and you see a couple having a meal together, having a romantic meal while they interact on their iPhone with everyone else? They're not engaged. And so engagement is so incredibly important. I began to think about the word engage. I learned to drive on a manual or a, uh, or a stick shift uh, uh, vehicle. And you have to push the clutch in and you have to engage the vehicle in first gear. Well, of course, most cars these days are automatic, but you still have to engage drive uh, in order to move forward. There can be no forward movement in our lives without engagement. And the level of my engagement will determine the level of my forward progress. Personally, as a church, we can only move forward according to the level of our engagement. Does that make sense? When I was growing up, I was taught this, that when you talk to someone, you look at them in the eye. Because that, that tells the person that you're talking to that you are engaged with them. You are focusing on them. I was actually taught it was rude not to look at someone in the eye when you talk to them. And so I have a real problem, just letting you know, just in case we have a conversation. I have a real problem when I'm talking to someone about something important if they're not looking at me or they're looking at their phone, or they're not, I find it very hard. I just think, I am not going to communicate what I want to communicate if I feel like you're not engaged. Engagement is so important when it comes to communication. Engagement is so important when it comes to telling someone that you value their time and you value the moment. And so I'm making a commitment, and I want to encourage you, make a commitment. I'm going to be engaged in significant conversations. I'm going to be engaged with people when I spend time with them. Um, and, and so there are, there are so many different aspects of this that are, that are so important uh, as, we, as we move forward. Um, engage in conversation. I think about so many stories in the, in the Bible about times when people engaged in conversation. Uh, significant conversations. Remember, Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee and he, he, he saw Peter and James and John and they were washing their nets and he engaged them in conversation. And that conversation changed the trajectory of their lives. It was a conversation that, was, that, were, that required their engagement. They, they stopped what they were doing. They connected with Jesus. They looked at him. And it changed the trajectory of your, their lives. Maybe this year, you're going to have a conversation with someone. If you're single, maybe you're going to have a conversation with someone. You're going to have a conversation with someone that's going to change the trajectory of your life. But it's not going to happen unless we're engaged 
If they had kept doing what they were doing with their nets and they'd heard, yeah, and, and just kind of dismissed that moment, they would have missed the opportunity that they had to be a part of the most significant ministry that ever existed. Engagement brings transformation. Engagement brings relationship. Engagement is attractive. And I pray that our church is an attractive church where people are engaged. We hear it all the time. People say when they walk through the doors of our church, our church is very friendly. We're a friendly church. And I love that because that's who we are. Di and I, we want to be hospitable. We want to be friendly. And so, but we want to engage people in meaningful interaction and meaningful connection as a part of our goal and I pray that we do that even more in these coming days. Here's a quote that Jana Ritson uh, shared with me. And I thought this was very powerful in relation to the word engage. And, and it says, it's a, a quote by David Spangler. I don't know who he is, but I like his quote. And he says, some people think they are in community but they are only in proximity. Think about that. Some people think that they are in community, but they're only in proximity. True community requires commitment and openness. It is a willing to extend yourself to encounter and know the other. And it's an interesting thought that sometimes we go wider, but we don't go deeper in our relationships. And that's why I want to encourage everyone in our church this year, not just to come to church, and I understand that there are some reasons why people choose to watch online, and some people are waiting for things to settle down when it comes to the whole uh, uh, COVID uh, phenomena, if you like, or pandemic, um, and some people are taking their time to do that, to re-enter, uh, and we understand that. But I want to encourage you to go deeper. You can, you can be a part of a, a life group that's a Zoom group. We've been doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've had a Zoom prayer meeting from 6.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. And that group has become really close. And everyone was, there was weeping and wailing when we came to the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Everyone was so discouraged. And, oh, what are we going to do? Well, you know, just kidding. But there was that sense of unity that came as a result. You can join that every Tuesday, 6.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. It's a great, don't worry, you can do it in your PJs. You don't have to put the, 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 photo, the, the picture on so no one will see you. Um, but I encourage you, to, let's, let's go, let's get, let's engage. Let's engage. Uh, in business, you have to engage. Uh, the, in battle, if we're going to fight a battle, you've got to engage the enemy. So engagement is so important. And God is a God of engagement. When we look at the Bible from the very beginning, we look at God as the one who walked with Adam in the cool of the evening. He engaged with him. The very essence of God himself is a picture of engagement. God the Father, God the Son. And God the Holy Spirit. The whole Bible is a story of engagement where God is not distant. God is not aloof. And I love that verse in 
in, um, in the message version of the Bible in Romans 8, where it says that God did not uh, deal with our problem as something that is remote or unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition and entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. You've heard me share that passage, no doubt, many times. But it's one of my favorite passages because it just tells us that God was not aloof. He entered. He engaged us. God wants to engage us. God wants to engage you in a way that maybe you haven't been engaged in recent times. So first of all, God wants us, here's a couple of verses for you. I'm going to give some scriptural context. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about how we can do this. I, I'm painting with broad strokes today, okay? Broad strokes. Uh, and we're going to be able to share some more in the coming weeks. So first of all, engage with God. What does that look like? What does it mean? Well, I love this verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 9 and chapter 2 and verse 9. I know 2 Chronicles is your favorite book in the Bible. 2 Chronicles 2 and verse 9 says this, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth. God's scanning the whole earth. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Think about that. God's looking for people who are engaged. If you're looking at your iPhone, God's going to pass by. He's looking, <laughs> not really, but he's looking for people who are engaged. And he's going to strengthen those whose hearts are fully engaged with him. And I pray that we can engage as never before. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, God speaks to the Ephesian church. Now, the Ephesian church was probably one of the greatest churches of the first century. It was a church of multiplied thousands. They had influence all over Asia Minor. They were, they, they were an incredible church. And yet uh, God, um, and yet this is what Jesus said, said to them. I have this charge against you that you have left your first love. You have lost the depth of love you first had for me. So here they were doing all these amazing works, yet they had departed from their first love. And I want to encourage you, and I'm speaking to myself here, this year, let's engage with God as we've never engaged with Him before. Because our relationship with God should never be static. It should never be status quo. It should be dynamic. It should be active. And we should be engaging with Him. I love John 4 and verse 22, where in the message version, Jesus is saying, your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. <laughs> when we're worshiping God, when the worship team are up here leading in worship, that we're engaged. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Forget about whether you're in tune or out of tune. Tune in to what's happening and tune in to God. So, first of all, let's engage with God like we've never engaged before. Secondly, engage with our church. Now, I want to share this verse, and I've shared it many times, but I feel it's so important, particularly in the day in which we are, and it's 
from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1 and verse 20 to 23. And this is what we read there. All this energy issues from Christ. We're, Paul's talking about the divine energy of God. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power, exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of it all. Has the final word on everything. Now listen to this. This is what I want us to focus in on. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. And so here is something that I want to highlight. If we are engaged with God, we are going to be engaged with his church because his church is not peripheral to what's happening in the world. The church is central to what God is doing in the world. And it's in his church that God acts and moves and breathes and fills everything with his presence. And so can we make a commitment that church is not going to be peripheral? That church is going to be central? I know there's some playoff games today. But hey, I can do church and the playoff games. I know that Super Bowl's coming up two weeks from now, but I can do church and I can do Super Bowl. And, and so the church is not peripheral. The world is, the church is not peripheral. The church is central. Let's make God's church central. And, and we are involved in, a, in an amazing work, you know. And, and here's some thoughts for you. Engage with compassion. Jesus engaged with compassion. Engage with love. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you. Engage with faith. Remember the story? Peter and John went to the temple to pray, and there was a man begging, and he wanted some, uh, some money. And Peter and John said, we don't have any money, but look at us. What we've got, we're going to give you. And they, they engaged him in faith, and they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he was miraculously healed. They engaged someone with faith. Let's engage people with faith. When someone's sick, let's pray for them. Let's believe God that God can heal them. Let's engage with faith. Engage with purpose. I love this verse in Nehemiah where Nehemiah's up on the wall and he's working and someone sends a message to him and says, come down from the wall. And he says, I can't come down from the wall. I'm engaged in a great work. Why should I stop, stop working to come and meet with you? Um, so he's engaged. We're engaged in a great work. This is a great work that we're engaged in. And then engage in unity, with unity. All the believers, Acts chapter 4, verse 32, were in one mind and one spirit. And so I could go on, engage with our talents, engage with our gifts, engage in the cause, engage in the battle, engage and possess the property or the Possess what God has given to us to possess. And then after we've engaged with the church, with our church, engage with our world. What did Jesus say? He said, uh, go into your lounge rooms, put your feet up, 
and watch the latest Netflix series. No. He said to his disciples, go into all the world. Go everywhere and announce the message of good, God's good news to one and all. Whoever believes and is baptized is saved. I want to encourage you this year. When it comes to our world, to engage in our world. I want to highlight right now some of the initiatives that we have uh, this year as we engage with our world. We've been, do, we've been serving our community in f with Food With Love with millions, literally millions of pounds of food that we have given as a church over the last 10 years. It's interesting that Di had that vision. It was like a seed when we, Di and I went down to Memphis, Tennessee, to the Life Church in Memphis where our great friends, uh, John and Leslie Siebling, pastor, that uh, she got it in her spirit. Let's, let's, let's. Let's do food with love. And she got up and said, hey, we're going to do food with love. We need, I can't remember how much it was. You said $25,000 or $5,000. Was it $5,000? We need $5,000 for a truck. And someone came up afterwards and said, here's $5,000. We got the truck. We started to do it, and we did it. And then there was another truck as well, a refrigerated truck that we were given that was more than $5,000. Can't get much of a truck for $5,000, but we did. And now we've been doing that for the last 10 years, and we've been serving a service in Santa Ana. And does anyone know that story about how Paul was going to go back into Asia, and he had a dream? He was trying to find the direction of God for his ministry, and he had a dream. And in the dream, there was a man from Macedonia. Macedonia is in Greece. It's where Alexander the Great came from. And this man from Macedonia was calling him and beckoning him and saying, come here and preach to us. And so that was the beginning of the gospel being preached in Europe. Before that, it was being preached in Asia Minor and, and in all of the Eastern world. And now that became the moment, the significant moment. And for many years, people in Santa Ana have been calling us saying, come here. Come and don't just give us natural food. Give us spiritual food. And that's been happening for many years. And we've been feeling in our hearts and in our spirit, and we, we started to do this last year, that we want to start a service in Santa Ana that will be a weekly service this coming year. And so we're going to make significant steps towards that. So that that is going to be our major point of expansion as a church. And you say, well, we, we need to expand here. Yes, we need to expand here. We need to grow. We need to re-engage. We need to regather. We need to do all of that. But this is an opportunity that we have to be able to make a significant difference in that community. And we've tried a number of things. We had a Spanish service here, praying that people would come from there to here. But, you know, I know this is, there's an old saying, if you can't, uh, if you, if you can't get Muhammad to the mountain, get the, take the mountain to Muhammad. You heard that before? Well, anyway, we're not, gonna, we're not going that way. Hello, you're here very early. You can come and sit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> poor Crystal. 
So, so we're going to be doing that, and we're working towards that. Now, our, our, we have a goal, and the goal that we have is to raise, how many of you know that if you've got a vision, you need provision? And so our goal is, we've looked at that, is to raise over and above what we're doing already to raise $70,000 so that we can pay for, our, pay for the venues there weekly, every week, that we can have a venue there that we can, where we can hold a service, where we can have the necessary equipment, and where we can put someone on part-time staff to work in our church to service that and help us here and that is a goal of $70,000. Now you say, oh my gosh, how are we going to do that? I don't know. But I'm just saying that's our goal. And you've heard it said that if you aim for nothing, that's what you get. Our goal is $70,000. Now there may be someone who says, I can do that. I, 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 can, I can do that on my own, like someone did with the truck. Or it may be, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. It may be that we eat that elephant one bite at a time, but that's our goal, and that's what we want to do. And I want to encourage you to be praying with us. God is our source. Pray for provision for that vision. That's our major area of expansion. And already, when we had our service, our monthly service there, we already had close to 100 people that were coming to that service. And people are hungry for God's word. And so it's stirring in us. And, our, and, and so that is a part of our expansion, not at the expense of what we're going to be doing here. And so we are going to continue with the, the, our food with love. We're going to continue to partner with Vision Rescue. Uh, we're going to be continuing to do that work with uh, Bijou in India. We're going to be continuing our work with in the community uh, and increasing that, as Di shared, with uh, teenagers that are at risk. Uh, uh, Robin Duma now has started her second Grief Share course. So she's running two Grief Share courses every week. And so she's been helping people navigate loss. And, and so many of the things that we can... There are many things that we're continuing to do and continuing to grow, but... You, you maybe you at this time are wondering, well, how, how, how can I be involved? And there's three ways that each one of us can engage. One of us, we can engage by being in church, whether it's in person or online. How many of you know uh, a, a crowd attracts a crowd? A party attracts a party. And I'm believing God that we can start to regather so that there's a sense of uh, a, a, a sense here where we are uh, gathering and creating an atmosphere. You know why I come to church? Not to listen to myself. I don't come to church just for me. I come to church for you. You say, well, that's your job. Yes, I know. But if it wasn't my job, I would still be coming not just for me, but for you. I'd be coming for the person walking through the door for the very first time. I'd be coming for the person who, who, who I can connect with and help take a step that will change the trajectory of their life. So, first of all, be in church. Secondly, be in a small group. You say, I've never been in a small group. I don't like small groups. Well, try. And you can join a Zoom, a group on Zoom. Be in a small group where 
you can encourage one another and pray for one another and engage with other people in a more significant way than in a larger group. And then give your time, your talent, and your treasure. Give your time, your talent, and your treasure. And I want right now, I'm going to encourage our team. Our team are going to distribute some cards. And uh, those cards are going to be distributed. And I want you to take this card. And I know that you're not going to be able to resist the temptation to read on the back of it. But this card has the word engage on it. And this is actually to do with our, our financial giving and what we can do. Each one of us has different capacity. What each one of us can do to sow financially into the vision of our church. And everyone has, as I said, a different capacity, different level. Our kingdom builders will be talking about that are basically people who lead in their giving. And it, it, this card is self-explanatory. You can take it away with you. You can pray about it, what God would have you to do in participating with us in your giving. And, or you can fill it out if you know what you're going to do. And in a moment when we go and collect the oil that is on that, in that little cup, you can write on this and you can put it in that container there with your weekly giving or offering. So I want to encourage you to take that. But we also have a, another card and I thought I had a copy of it here, but I don't. And on that card, thank you, it has a whole list of ways that you can get involved, where you can engage with giving your time and serving, either on the kids' team. Kids, people who work in the kids' team have a, a special place in heaven. I know. Uh, production team that work in production. The Connect team, Food with Love, Worship, our worship team. We, we need to increase and grow our worship team, our coffee team, our Create, our Santa Ana service, our facilities. I want to encourage you to take this and think, how could I serve? How could I, uh, how, how could I be a part of engaging in helping to move the vision of our church forward? And so here... In these, on these two cards are the ways that we can engage through the giving of our time, our gifts, and also our finances. And uh, I, want, I want you to hold on to those for a moment. And I want to share just quickly three signs of engagement. Can you engage or disengage from those cards for a moment? And engage with what I'm going to say. See, that was the risk. If I hand the card out, they're going to engage with the card and not with me. But you can do both. But primarily engage with me. Three signs that I'm engaged. Are you ready? Number one, Second Chronicles. Here we are in Chronicles again. Second Chronicles 7 and verse 16. God is speaking about the temple, Solomon's temple. And he says this, this is God speaking. I've chosen and sanctified this temple that you have built. My name is stamped on it forever. My eyes are on it and my heart is in it always. Three things. God says my name is stamped on it. My eyes are on it. And my heart is in it always. 
You know when you're engaged with someone or something, when your name is stamped on it, when your eyes are on it, and when your heart is in it. First of all, my name is stamped on it. My name, that's my character. That's my reputation. That's who I am, is all in my name. What's in a name, they say. When it comes to God, your name and my name, it's not just the fact that I'm called Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, which I have to spell every time I tell someone my name. No, it's in my name. It's in my character. It's in my integrity. God's identity is in his name. And so what I'm doing is I'm signing up. That's what happens when you sign up for something. You put your name on it. When you write a check, you write your name on it. When you fill in a commitment card, you're, you're writing your name on it because you're saying, I'm, my name's on it. I have got skin in the game. My skin is in the game. My name is on it. I'm attached to what I'm doing. I'm connected to what I'm doing. I'm invested in what I'm doing. So number one, I know I'm engaged when I'm invested and my name is on it. So we don't talk about their church, Jonathan and Di's church. We don't talk about Newport. No, this is not, this is my church. I'm talking about you saying this is my church. This is your church. Every bit as much your church as it is our church. So number one, my name is in it. Number two, my eyes are on it. My eyes are on it. How many of you know that this saying, it said when something, when some, something doesn't work out or something, that they say they took their eyes off the ball. When your eye is on the ball, you're going to hit it. I don't, golf is the most frustrating game on the planet. But you have to keep your eye on the ball. If you're playing baseball, you've got to keep the eye on the ball. If you're playing football, you've got to keep your eye on the ball. If you're playing cricket, which they play in heaven, you've got to keep your eye on the ball. And what we have our eyes on is what we prioritize. My eyes are always on the ones that I love. My eyes are always on die. My eyes are on the youngest, London. Where's London? Uh, my eyes are always on her. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your eyes will be. My eye is on it. And then my heart is in it. My name is on it. My eyes are on it. And my heart is in it. I love this story where Jonathan, David's great friend, was about to go up and take on some of the Philistines. And he's asking his armor bearer, should we go? And they're talking about whether they should go or whether they shouldn't go. And they were asking God for a sign. And, and uh, he says uh, to his armor bearer, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And this is what his armor bearer said. Do all that you have in mind, the armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. His armor bearer was engaged. And hey, 
if we're going into battle together and you're on my right and someone else is on my left, you want to know that I'm engaged. Thank you for the underwhelming response. You want to know that I'm engaged. I want to know that you're engaged. We're in this together. And there's a call to action. When I shared this word with our team, Giancarlos Quicano said, the word engage is a call to action. And this is a call to action, I believe, for our church. Let's engage with God. Let's engage with our church. Let's engage with our world. We want to share a video that we have. And, and as we... Uh, as you watch this video, I want to, I want to just give you a couple of little, uh, little things to prepare in your heart. As I've said, we have here at the end of this video, we're going to sing a song, The Blessing. And our team are going to bless you and the kids are coming. And we're going to have a moment where we go and get these little cups. And they've got a little bit of oil in them. And I want you to take the cup, and I'll, I'll re remind you this, just take the cup and go back to your seat, and then we're going to have a moment where we all anoint ourselves with oil, and I'm going to pray for you. And in the meantime, if you already know what you want to do in terms of your commitment, financial commitment, this is over and above our normal giving. The vision offering is over and above our normal giving. Or you already know what you want to do, when it comes to how you want to serve, you can put that into the container over there. Um, or as you go out the door, there's another container there. If you want to give your weekly offering, which uh, is uh, most people give online, and we have an offering moment every week, and this is the offering moment right now where I highlight our normal giving. If you gave online, take this card. I encourage you, take this card. And put it in the container there. Why are we doing that? Because it's, a, it's an outward expression of our engagement. Does that make sense? So if you're giving or you're given online, take this and put it in there. If you know what you're going to, if you're giving, if you normally give by, with an offering in the envelope, you can take it and put it there. Or when you go out of the door, there's another container there where you can put any of these. But I want to encourage you to go home and pray. Pray about your engagement. Pray about your involvement, what it will be. And I'm going to pray that God's going to give you grace, that God's going to give you provision, that God's going to give us provision as a church as we move forward into all that God's got for you. So we're going to watch this video right now, and then we're going to stand, and the team are going to lead us in worship, and we're going to pray, take this moment in the service for the anointing.
Would you stand with me? Our team are going to sing the blessing. I love that video. It just powerfully represents what we're talking about. And uh, as we go, uh, I encourage you just to take your time. You can go. There's, there's a spot over here. There's a spot over there. My wife and I have already filled in that card. We know already came prepared. Like I said, you may want to have time to think about it. And there's time that we have coming forward in the coming weeks to be able to do that. But uh, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today for your presence. Thank you that you're engaged with us and that we can engage with you, with our church and our world. And today, Lord, I pray that this moment as we worship together, Lord, in this moment of anointing, Lord, that you would move powerfully and speak powerfully and touch each and every one of our hearts. As we step forward, Lord, may this be a significant demonstration, Lord, of our desire to engage with you, even in our giving, Lord. When we engage with you, you promise to open the windows of heaven. You promise to multiply the seed that we sow. You promise to bless that which we bring to you. And so we bring ourselves to you as we come forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Feel free to come. We don't have to go in any order, but just come and take one of those cups and then go back to your seat. you now just to take that drop of oil in a moment and put it on your forehead the anointing in the Bible is symbolic of the Holy Spirit there's nothing special about the oil but there is something special about the anointing of the Holy Spirit and this is a symbol a representation of God's anointing 
on our lives and every area of our lives. Our relationship with Him, our relationship with our family, our, 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 our sphere of influence, our workplace, our church, our finances. And what we're doing is we're saying to God, God, I need you because without you, I can do nothing. Without you, I'm unable to fulfill what it is that you've called me to do. So I want to pray for you right now. The team are going to sing this again. And as they sing this, I want you to receive a blessing from God, our Heavenly Father, on your life, your family, and all that you put your hand to. Today, Lord, we come to you in this anointing service, this anointing moment. May you anoint us with your presence, with your power, with your provision. And Lord, I pray that in every aspect of our lives that you may come. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Jesus, and we welcome you, Father, as we engage with you this year. May you anoint us individually, our families, and our church with your presence and your power. In 